Pete Yost here. Jake and Steve and I just want to thank Huber Engineered Woods for their sponsorship of our Unbuild It podcast. It's easy to speak well of a company when they use building science and systems thinking to develop working systems for high-performance buildings. That certainly goes for the ZIP system. The ZIP system integrates all four control layers, water, air, vapor, and thermal. Its components, polymer-bonded coating on OSB, acrylic PSA tape, stretch sill pan flashing, and liquid flash sealant are all top-of-the-line building products, compatible and designed for durability. Throw in the ZIP R panels for continuous exterior insulation, and that's all four control layers. Seem a bit too good to be true? Then consider their system 30-year warranty, their complete online set of info resources, and their top-notch tech hotline. Be the best with the best. Welcome to the Unbuild It podcast. I'm Jake Bruton, and today I'm joined by my good friends and co-hosts, Peter Yost and Steve Basic. Hey, Jake. Good day to all. I want to uh, I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to the Unbuild It podcast. We know there's plenty of content on the internet, and there's plenty of other places you could be. So we're very thankful that you're here. We thought in this, the Unbuild It podcast, episode one, we would cover two basic topics. Number one, who are we? And number two, why are we here? So let's, uh, let's start. I'm going to throw it to Peter Yost, and Peter is going to tell us who he is, what his, indus- his industry experience is, and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll see w- if we need to challenge Peter on any of his own bio stuff. So <laughs> Peter Yost, welcome, buddy. Thanks, Jake. Great to be here. Hey, Steve. Hey, Pete. So it's Pete Yost. Um, I was a builder remodeler for many years after teaching high school for four years. Used to work summers with my brothers and then had more fun on the job site than I did in the classroom. Uh, We did remodeling some new homes. And the joke on the job site was, you know, whenever we couldn't figure out a flashing detail, we would say, oh, yeah, that's about 20 years of higher education down the drain. Uh, we did things pretty much the way Joe Prue taught us. Joe Prue is my oldest brother's father-in-law. He was a seventh-generation French-Canadian builder, carpenter, weighed about 125 pounds with his belt on. And you did things Joe's way or the highway. And um, so I didn't turn my brain on much when I was on the job site. I was just too busy trying to keep up with the technical side of building. Um and it really wasn't until I got to the NEHB Research Center in 1993 and somebody paid me to learn more about building. Um, that was about seven or eight years. Uh, went from there to building. Pete, science. how did you wind up at the NHB Training Center? Yeah. Um, so when I was doing my graduate work in resource economics at the University of New Hampshire, I was doing it on uh, construction waste, how to minimize it, how to recycle. I helped develop a uh, regional drywall gypsum wallboard recycling program for what was then Domtar Gypsum in Newington, New Hampshire. And um, that's another long story as to how that happened. Um, but I was constantly calling the research center because they had done a lot of work in various areas. And finally, one of their officers said, you know, who, who the hell are you? Why, why do you keep calling us? And I said, well, I'm a graduate student, former builder. And uh, after the second time I talked to him, he said, would you be interested in interviewing with us? So literally before I defended my master's thesis, the research center had already hired me um, as a research analyst. So 
you know, I, by I, then I, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a, I had a health problem that got me off the job site and it was, you know, tough because my wife and I were just married. Um, I couldn't go back to the job site. Like what the hell am I going to do? And so it went from a little bit scary for the two of us to, you know, stumbling into a really cool research project that was funded by Domtar Gypsum and then stumbling into a job before I even had completed my master's. So I went from pretty lousy luck to, um, really good luck. And, uh, I thought I knew building uh, after I was done at the research center. And then when I worked for Building Science Corporation, I got my head handed to me all over again by Joe Stiebrick. Um And that's where I met Steve. That's a pretty good segue to, uh, you know, the relationship he, Steve and I have had over the years, given that he's an independent architect and I'm an independent consultant. Did I set you up so good there, can buddy? You, can, can you, Pete, can you say that... Uh the fact that you and Steve have been friends for, what, 20 years uh, actually means that somebody can tolerate him. <laughs> oh, yeah. So well, shots fired. Shots oh, fired, man. gentlemen. Yep. Steve, do you remember the first well time we, we first time we presented together at EBA and I went first and I took too much time and you had like 300 slides <laughs> to do in 10 minutes? <laughs> and, and ever since then, you've been turning that around into making me shorten up my presentation so you can run over. <laughs> uh, it's been a dream every day, buddy. <laughs> and so then after your time at BSC, Pete, what happened next for you? Well, Building Green turns out was, uh, you know, I left Building Green uh, Environmental Building News because they were really focused on commercial and I was much more interested in focus on residential. And then privately, Building Green and Taunton were talking about developing a green building resource, sort of like, you know, peanut butter on my chocolate, chocolate on my peanut butter, because Building Green had a strong reputation for writing. Fine Home Building has a really strong reputation for both writing and visuals. So I didn't know that Taunton Press and Building Green were trying to develop a residential resource until Alex Wilson approached me and said, hey, you want to come back to Building Green? Um, so that was really cool because that was two years of developing Green Building Advisor, working pretty much, I don't know, Steve, every other day with you, developing content for the website, yeah. uh, working with Mike Gurton. Um, the Green Building Advisor team was just so cool because we had like a dozen building professionals from all across the United States who helped us develop the website. Um, so that was really cool to go from Building Science Corporation, work with Steve and my brother a while in a consulting firm where we cut our teeth learning, you know, doing stuff that we had done at Building Science Corporation, but on our own, um, to turning back to a publisher. And, and Steve joined the uh, editorial advisory board of Building Green um, because of his skills, uh, you know, linking design with um systems thinking um so steve and i have been you know yeah for 20 years sort of weaving our way through our work to then eventually end up where we are today which is uh you know we i talk more to steve than probably my any of my brothers we we are heavily entwined i mean what one of the interesting things about the three of us that I find is, yes, we're doing the podcast. Yes, we know each other professionally, but 
I talk to both of you probably at least once a day, almost, on the phone, casually, to say, hey, what's up? How's life going? Hey, did you hear about this? Did you see that post or this email or whatever the case? But, uh, yeah. Pete and I are both shaking our heads, and we have to remember that we're on a podcast and nobody can see us shaking our heads. I'm watching <laughs> Pete shake his head, and I'm seeing myself do it, and I'm going, uh, yeah, I have to remember. <laughs> I agree. We're... <laughs> I agree. So what about you, Steve? Where, where does this journey start for you? So the journey for me starts, and, I, and I'm just going to throw this out because you know I love talking about it, but before the construction industry, I did four years in the Marine Corps. I won't get into all the long stories I have there. That's more the the uh, thanks to all my brothers and sisters out there listening that uh, joined me under the Corps. Hoorah. Um, but after I got out of the Marine Corps, it was a pretty interesting life for me because I got out and I worked a handful of jobs, um, some of which was a framer. I Believe it or not, I did frame a couple houses. Um, at that time, being 21 years old and, you know, 250 pounds and six foot six, it was more like, hey, you, grab that beam and hold it up here while we nail it off or bolt it off. Um, <laughs> there wasn't a, a whole lot of framing experience being given there it was more like i was the you were the forklift yeah <laughs> but, uh, so I, I did that for a little while i did um worked as an electrician for a while um and god bless them guys i mean I, I i just did one job as an electrician and that was enough to realize okay let's probably not do this i mean pulling pulling wire in a crawl space for a four thousand square foot house um, I was literally in this little two-foot cavern, 4,000 square feet for, I don't know, a little over a month, just going through there, drilling holes, pulling wire. Hey, go back down there and pull this wire over here and pop it up this hole. Um, but but the, the beauty of it is, is it gave me a really great appreciation for what later would become my life. Um, so hey, Steve. Up, yeah. And that's why even today as an architect, your favorite sheet in the plan set is the electrical page? Yeah, well, you know, you, you guys know, but everybody else, my, my daughter and son are both in architecture school. My daughter comes to me, and I can't even tell you, Peter, you, you can ask her. I sit back and say, hey, Lexi, guess what? I cannot <laughs> wait for the day where I never have to do another electrical plan. And she just smiles. But yeah. uh, but anyways, so I worked those couple of jobs. I met this lovely woman who became my wife. We uh, Short story is she was moving back to Boston I came back to Boston. She said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, you know what? I'll go to school. And uh, she said, well, what, you know, what's interesting you? And I had this love of architecture, took it in high school and drafting and all that good garbage that, you know, everybody talks about doing. But uh, but I actually pursued it, which um, leads me into the whole building science thing. So I graduated from Wentworth in Boston, worked for a large commercial firm for about a year. But then my life turned 90 degrees, and Joe came to Wentworth and was giving a lecture. Well, Betsy joined him, and Betsy was standing in the back of the room with the department head. Hold on a second, Steve. That's Joe Stebrick and Betsy Pettit of Building Science Corporation, right? That's correct, yeah. Sometimes I forget that not everybody knows what we know. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so Joe and Betsy came. Joe was lecturing. Betsy's in the back of the room talking with the department head. And Betsy goes to the department head, you know, oh, yeah, we just got this recent contract, which was Building America at the time. It was just coming out. 
And she yeah. said, oh, we're looking for employees. We need, you know, somebody to help us with drawing and architecture and all this stuff. And he looked at her and I was good friends and had a great relationship with the department head there. Um, because when I was in college, keep in mind, because I went in the Marine Corps, I was four years older than most of the people there. So right. I became a little friendlier with the teachers and professors. Et Probably cetera, a little more focused and a little professional. More focused, yeah, I didn't go out drinking on Friday night. I went home and built a model and hung out and watched a movie with my wife because and you were married. Yeah. And I was married. And, you know, and I did enough drinking in the four years. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you got that out of your system. Got that out of my system. So. We, uh, so the department head says, believe it or not, I got the perfect guy for you. So he calls me up the next day and says, Hey, I want you to meet this woman, Betsy Pettit. She's going to be calling you and they're looking to hire somebody. So Betsy did call me the next day. Um, that weekend I went out, I met him at their house in Brookline and they hired me on the spot. And, you know, 10 years later, after working with building science corporation, like Peter said, we broke out, me, Peter, and his brother. We did this little joint venture thing where we worked um, on, a, on a number of projects for a number of years, and then we all decided, hey, you know, we're kind of doing separate things, but we're still friends, but let's go do our separate things, keep our friendship, and we'll overlap and help each other as it as need be. And so I started Stephen Basic Architect and uh, never looked back. And you know, the, the, the beauty, I think, is and the, the privilege of working at Building Science Corporation is such that I forget a, a lot of times that when I look at things, I don't look at them like a traditional architect. Like an architect sits there and, you know, I get emails and instant messages on Instagram all the time from architects and builders. And they say, well, what about this? What about that? And it's like, yeah, I don't even look at that because that's really not that important to me because this is more important. And that's why we're doing this podcast. But, but the whole set of filters that I have and the way that I perceive buildings is a lot different. And, you know, one of the things I think is extremely ironic is, you know, having known Joe and Joe coming down from Canada, you know, we, we sit there today and, I, you know, we can go on Instagram and we can talk about an air ceiling detail or something that somebody's posting. And then I can sit there and, you know, Peter and I will be driving to a seminar or something and joking about, yeah, I mean, that's a cool detail. These people think they invented it. But believe it or not, I drew that detail back in, you know, 95. And uh, for the builder's guide or whatever the case is. So it's, it's you know, a lot of this stuff isn't new. It's just finally getting its due time, which I credit a lot to Joe. I mean, Joe has spent a lifetime and career, and Betsy, a lifetime and a career trying to get information out and getting us to understand buildings a little deeper and you know i think and part he's of what... a really good explainer and that goes a long way because i'm working my way through that gus handigord book that you recommended steve and that is way less uh I'm, I'm way less able to understand that than i am you know the same sentence in different words from joe or one of you guys too well one of the interesting things jake is you know, a lot of people always say, Steve, man, I, I love the way you're just able to break this down and, and keep it simple. Well, as much as I would love to take credit for all of that, 
um, a, a lot of that is Joe. I mean, think about a young architect in his, you know, late 20s that gets to ride on an airplane or sit in a car for two hours with Joe coming home from a building investigation and talking about why the building failed. You know, Joe, Joe has things like that he calls Joe math, right? You know, that he rounds up to the nearest one, ten point one. Joe doesn't like, you know, decimal places, doesn't like calculations, all of that stuff. But his ability to take an extremely concept or complex concept and boil it down really, really taught me a lot. And I'm very thankful to have known him for that. So, you know, 10 years at Building Science Corporation, go out on my own, still hanging with great guys like Peter, a couple years, you know, go by, I meet a fine builder like yourself, Jake, and next thing you know, we're doing some pretty cool projects, we're applying all this building science, and, uh, you know, here we are today, episode one of the podcast, where I, you know, I, I think we can all agree that, you know, this is about giving back a little, right? We all, we all have some great information. And uh, this is about giving it back. So that mean, that means last but not least, Jake, you need to jump in. <laughs> and so uh, it is funny how we were able to weave our three stories together there without even talking about that beforehand, because my journey to get here is credited to you guys. I had a, um, well, I'll back up actually. When I was 13, I got kicked out of Boy Scout summer camp for smoking cigarettes. And my dad said, guess who doesn't get the rest of their summers to themselves from now on? Good for you, Jake. Uh, and so I got into this uh, early on, and I have been interested in it in different ways since then. I uh, I worked for my dad in high school when I was in college uh, going to get a degree in art. I actually had a little bit of a hard time getting along with my dad, and the only time I really haven't been in the actual carpentry construction side is that time in college when I worked for a lumberyard and ran a uh, second shift for a lumberyard, which actually taught me a lot because being huh. at the lumberyard that many hours a week, I was like, oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff here that we don't use. Why is this stuff here and why are other builders using it? And why aren't we when I worked for my dad? And then uh, after college, I made a living as an artist for a little while, and then I got uh, suckered into coming back to work for the family business. And uh, after the first or second project back, my dad said, hey, I'm going to sell the business. And uh, dumb me said, oh, who are you going to sell the business to? He's like, well, <laughs> somebody that works for me, and I was the only employee. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, well, I liked being – my own boss in the art world, maybe I'll try being my own boss in the carpentry world. And I hadn't realized it at that time that the reason that I didn't really love construction yet was because I wasn't happy with the way that we did things. And I didn't realize that it wasn't, I just felt, how do I say this? I felt like uh, things could be done better, but I didn't have the ability to do that when I worked for, for my dad. Uh, mm -hmm. We were a renovation and repair company. Everything we did was budget-minded. In the 80s, 90s, when that company was in his hands, if you remember, nobody had a cell phone. So if you left for work, the contractor made decisions without asking you, and yeah. then that was what you got. 
I remember a couple of years ago I had a client uh, ask me about redoing the, the casing molding around this big 15-foot wide doorway from their house to a living room. And I said, this is kind of weird. And she said, well, that used to be the garage. And I said, okay, and so you want to redo the casing because it doesn't match anything else in the house? She was like, exactly. We left the contractor here, went to work, <laughs> came home, and he was like, ta-da. And we were like, well, we love that oak casing. I wish it matched anything else in the rest of the house. And I realized that that was, that was kind of an epiphany moment for me where I was like, oh, my goodness, that's, uh, that's exactly how the business operated when I worked for it when my dad was in charge. You couldn't get a hold of people during the day. We didn't have the ability to email. We didn't have 15 sets of prints or the ability to print off a new set of prints right away and make all these marks on them and all that kind of stuff. So I started focusing on the things that I thought were important, and that was – how to be better at installing crown molding, how to be better at making sure my walls were straight, things like that. And it took a couple years for me to get through that and then get through being able to run a business because I have no formal business training. And that's a thing that I'm still working on, obviously. But then I had a client ask about Passive House. And I had no idea what Passive House was. And so... I said, yeah, let me get back to you tomorrow. And what happened was I got online and found a fine home building video series that Steve was doing with uh, Justin, oh, yeah. the guys at fine home building and literally called and said, Hey, I have some questions about passive house. I have a client that's interested. And Steve was like, yeah, come on out. We'll go out to Martha's vineyard and look at a couple houses. <laughs> and I somehow convinced that client from Columbia, Missouri in a market that is not at all concerned with, energy efficiency or durability they're concerned with making things look like the neighbor's house in that subdivision that they're building in to go to martha's vineyard for i don't know two or three days and see four houses and uh the clients ended up paying for a set of plans from steve but they didn't end up building the house they ended up purchasing a five thousand square foot energy hog on a lake that they were happy with uh, <laughs> but on that ferry ride from what is it falmouth out to the Fel vineyard? Falmouth, yeah. Falmouth out yep. to the vineyard. She, the client took a phone call, and Steve pulled out a set of plans, and we started looking through them. And I was like, oh, this is more detailed than I've ever seen on any set of plans that I've ever looked at. Right. This is the architect that I want to be working for. And then it just, as you said the other day when we were talking, Pete, then it just became drinking from a fire hose in every opportunity that I had. And meeting you at uh, IBS yeah. a couple years ago or five years ago maybe, it really changed the way I thought about my business and about what we were doing. And uh, I really started to get worried that I had been screwing things up for 25 years or 20 years. So that's – and so now I want everybody else to know that because I so recently was doing things in what I feel are probably not the best manner. Now, we were always diligent. We were – I was the best at installing Tyvek out of anybody out there. Our Tyvek rep knew me by name, had been by our sites because I'd had questions. We'd challenged him on things like – that was the end of me being that builder before I discovered all these other things and building science. So I'm really happy that you guys have decided to join me on this. Hey, so I just want to real quickly uh, talk a little bit about why we chose Unbuild It because I was not a big fan of this name, but it's really cool that, and I'm going to say this is what I think it's about, maybe it's not, but that we spend our time building things and this podcast is about breaking things down so we can't understand how we put things together until we understand 
how to break them down. Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, I think great. the idea of us trying to unpackage ideas so that they're they're uh, broken down into smaller, uh, very understand understandable packages. Yeah. Uh, and I think the other thing, the other side to that unbuilded idea is the ongoing argument that we have amongst ourselves when we challenge each other's ideas. Yeah, and I, I would agree, Peter. Um, that you, the arch, my architect training would suggest that you know five years in architecture school, all we did was break things down to have the ability to analyze them independently. And then once we have a very good understanding, we then synthesize those pieces, put them back together as a building to understand it as a whole. But when you put it back together as a whole, you have to understand the contributions of each of the parts to the whole, as well as the effects of all the components to the whole. Because just because you can build a building doesn't mean that you're necessarily making the right choices in materials, putting those you know, assemblies together. So yes, I, I think you hit it. I mean, I think the Unbuild It is, is a great name from that perspective that the, the three of us, given our backgrounds, um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll list that, Peter being the, the building scientist, building investigation part, myself being the architect and Jake being the builder. You know, I talked earlier about having a set of filters. Well, one of the beauties of this podcast is, is that it's not three architects and it's not three building scientists. It's three totally different people that are friends, but our experiences are different. Our backgrounds are different. The, our set of filters that we use to understand and unbuild things complements each other enough that, you know, our, the, the listeners are going to get this extremely wide spectrum of information based on each of us coming together. So in, in a lot of ways, the, the three of us are the breakdown and putting it back together. So, Steve, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but that was really well said. But I just want the record to show. I can't believe you said that either, Peter. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But okay. I just, I just want the record to show that I, ch I would choose three building stooges instead of unbuild. I just want the record to show. <laughs> oh, nice laugh, Jake. That was good. <laughs> hey, my number one vote was for three cool tools, but you guys shot that down in a heartbeat. <laughs> and we won't be taking a vote on that. It is unbuild it podcast, and it'll stay that way. I don't think that we need to be tools or stooges in either way. <laughs> I think that the conversation continues from here with the idea that uh, that that idea of decision making is influenced by the internet very heavily today, and um, we're you know obviously this is a podcast it's published online, so we're very cognizant of the fact that we're online and we're part of a community. Uh, we're all active uh, on Instagram. Steve and I more than. Uh, lazy bones yoast here when it comes to instagram <laughs> but uh, we want this to be an interactive experience for you guys as well so if you find something that uh, you'd like to challenge us on or that you'd like to hear us talk about as well before we forget to mention it it's uh, questions at unbuilditpodcast.com or the unbuilditpodcast.com questions at the unbuilditpodcast.com sorry about that um uh, if there's something, questions, comments, concerns, uh, 
if you can't handle the fact that Peter breathes heavy into his microphone, let him know. Things like that. I'm kidding, Pete. I saw you <laughs> snap your head around. <laughs> so we, I, I think that, uh, gentlemen, are we to a point where we want to say thank you for listening and, and tune into the next episode? Yeah, great talking with you guys. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Okay. And thank you to our thank listeners. You guys. Thank you guys for Take tuning care, in. Thank you for subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. It's Unbuild It Podcast on Instagram. Steve's going to lean in and say Steve Basic Architect on Instagram. You got that right. Got to get those numbers up. Steve Basic Architect. I'm not really sure I'm... what my name is on Instagram. <laughs> How like it's building Peter. right, Peter? <laughs> right, W R I with a dash as well, probably. Uh, and mine is Jake Bruton B R U T O N. Uh, until next time, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for tuning in for episode number one. Stay tuned for number two where there's a little bit more information. See you guys.